This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of 24th and Park. You know, it's John Olangi here with uh, Eddie Razo. Eddie, what's going on, man? How you how you doing these days, man? It's, it's strange times with, with the coronavirus going on in the world, man. What's up? Yeah, I mean, the last time we talked, it, it, I, I guess the world was a little normal. I mean, I know some places were, were starting to, we were starting, like, the news was starting to trickle down how, how bad it was getting in some places like Italy. Italy's uh, still on lockdown. I was listening to um, uh, a Benfica podcast, and you know that's the second team I guess you can say I support in Europe. But they had someone on from Italy, and the guy was pretty much uh, saying how how everyday or how everyday life I guess you can say is, is with the with the virus going around. And he said the only time they're able to go out is either for essential runs or work, but if it's not like an essential job or I don't even think it's just, you know, it has to be a, uh, I guess a, a specific type of work. And if you're going to do outside of work of that, that you have to have like some type of document that shows it was approved by, I don't know who, but you got to show it to police when they ask you. So yeah, it's gotten really bad in Italy, in Italy. And then I guess us here in North America, we're starting to see, it start affect our normal normal day lives like i live in la and our uh, la county uh yesterday pretty much uh we're going on lockdown any like non-essential jobs like grocery stores uh, takeout places or you know stuff that you need for your everyday life are still going to be open but if we're working for a business or any location that's really not essential to to our everyday life, then yeah, they're they're closing us or they're closing it down for at least a month, uh, and then we'll I guess they'll reevaluate things from there and see if if it's safe to to work or not. But but yeah, how's Charlotte go, uh, doing over there? Yeah, man, it's 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 weird over here too. It's kind of eerie, just you know, uh, being outside. Like I'm I'm a a healthcare worker that's what i do full-time i work at the hospital in the emergency room so while everybody's kind of you know <laughs> having to you know self self-isolation and social distancing and all that good stuff you know i'm still having to, to go to work uh you know which you know it's it, it's it's cool because what we're doing is important but we got to be safe and stuff but it's you know just every time i'm going to work and i'm coming back home it's just kind of eerie to see five o'clock traffic where you know yeah. one of our main highways here would be jam-packed and it's just <laughs> there's like a few yeah cars. No, I, I agree like it, it well when i was going to work this week um it only took me like 15 minutes to get to to from from where i live to to my job which is pretty much on the outskirts of downtown la so it takes me like uh 30 you know it's, it's an extra it's an added 15 minutes so it takes me sometimes 30 25 to 30 minutes to get from where i live uh to, to to downtown la and now that pretty much either people are working from home or you know they're not working at all uh, until this all gets cleared up it, it would take me like 15 minutes just to get to get to my job yeah yeah so there's a little a little silver lining there i guess but <laughs> 
But overall, man, yeah, it's it's just it's just weird. It's it's you know, we kind of just got to take it day by day and and you know use the time to self reflect, do whatever you need to do to not drive yourself insane. Pretty much is yeah. is the challenge, and I think the uncertainty of it all is kind of what's keeping people on their toes. Um, but you know, we have they haven't done any lockdown here in Charlotte yet, but I feel like it's coming. It's you know they're you know, they're doing the whole restaurants, you know, close at a certain yeah. time. Only they do takeout. They're about to close the liquor store. And so people yeah. are like, right now, the liquor store is like, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's like wrapped around. Like you go to the club right now. Like, so it's, I don't understand if there's like, if I'm a liquor store, I would do honestly, like, t- like order online and just right. try to limit the lines because then that's when people start getting, frustrated angry and then that leads to another whole different you know conversation exactly. i was actually actually before we were recording this podcast i went to um i was thinking about going to the grocery store but uh because i i, I got to go home early because my job is uh they wanted to keep uh you know the the the, the what's that um like not a lot of law but you know the recommendation of 10 and 10 and under so i was one of the lucky ones i guess that i got to go home and i'm still getting paid so i guess you can say i'm getting paid to do this podcast <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but 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 i went to the grocery store and yeah the lines are really long people uh, kind of made me mad was like they're not they're not social distancing like at an arm's length at least or you know like the, the stay apart from each other uh see right. i went to cvs and they were way more like more about that so i went there got everything done and and yeah but it's like it just feels weird walking around your neighborhood and it just feels like you're in a ghost town because i went to subway uh and the place was empty like and then just walking around places that like you normally walk around and you just feel like you'll see a couple people here and there but it's, it just feels like even the cars the amount of cars that are driving by your neighborhood like it's yeah it just feels like i'm in a ghost town and and, and yeah it's just it's just it's just a weird feeling uh, especially when 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 um, Tom Hanks and Rudy Gobert are kind of that's what, what kind of kickstarted everything here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, that I think that the the NBA in particular as a sporting league uh, kind of set that in motion, and they kind of you know took that initiative to to like not try to risk anything. And uh, and we'll we'll kind of get all get into that later. But you know before things got weird. Um, the last action of football that we got to watch was uh, an impressive win by Paris Saint-Germain against uh, Borussia Dortmund at the Parc des Princes. Empty, empty stadium. You know, you know. I, I, I say, I say before things got weird, but even you know the atmosphere of that match yeah. was weird because you know fans weren't allowed in the stadium because of the the, the COVID nineteen precautions and all that. But uh, yeah, man, just kind of what what are you what is your take on all of it man just how the match went and then you know obviously the reactions after it and all that yeah uh, so i was listening like just live I, I got to watch it later on but uh just, like when when it was going on live i i listened to it at work uh you know try to follow along i got to watch the first half um I think I got and and I did some reporting on you know post game uh, interview stuff, but I, I gotta we gotta we gotta start with Kimpembe like Marquinhos yeah. when, when Marquinhos is is captain and he's the center back yeah um, he can help uh, you know defend defend Holland, but 
pretty much when you're the captain, you have other responsibilities. You got to make sure every, you know, there's more on your shoulder than just worrying about defending the striker, defending the wing, you know, just defending the attack. So pretty much the the responsibility on on making sure Hallam uh, had a quiet night, which he did, it was was on the shoulders of Kempembe. And and we've been waiting for Kempembe to just be this, you know, type of player where uh, he's a shutdown, he'll pocket any striker that, that he plays against because he has all the physical tools uh, to do this. I mean, we saw it against Messi. Like, dude was, I think he was barely 20, 21. And the guy shut pretty much. There was there, this, that famous uh, clip where, uh, he pretty much takes the ball away from Messi, and and we've been waiting for him to to be this this type of defender. And you know he had the the hiccup against Manchester United where he got the crucial, uh, you know, handball, which ultimately ended up eliminating us. And there was talks over the summer that it's time to sell him. It's this is what he is. Uh, he's he's very inconsistent. And then and then we saw the the second leg against Dortmund. Pretty much, arguably, uh, aside from Marquinhos, best defender. But, but yeah, him and, and I also got to mention uh, Tilo Kerr, who had his responsibilities of, of trying to defend uh, Jaden Sancho. So two guys who kind of struggled against Manchester United, making blunders and mistakes, really stepped up when, when the club needed them uh, in the second leg because of suspensions or injuries. But, yeah, you, you, the, the obviously Neymar scoring the header, all that stuff, but... Uh, Kudos to the defense because we're all worried that yeah we're gonna, we're we're probably going to surrender at least one goal considering the circumstances there's no crowd to intimidate Dortmund or whatever but you know gotta gotta give a huge shout out to to Kempembe and Kara who who showed up when when PSG needed them yeah no they had they had excellent matches really man they like you said just the 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 contrast of of what happened against Manchester United and fast forward to now kind of a, kind of a fascinating observation. Um, but you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't as nervous going into the second leg, the second leg, like, you know, obviously the, the reaction, uh, overreaction FC is what I like to call PSG Twitter. Uh, you know, after the first match, it's like, Oh, it's over. Like, dude, there's second, there's two legs. It's, it's like, you know, and and I always had our quality over Dortmund. We just had to play our our game. We just had to do what we are supposed to do, which is first the first things first. Line up in the formation that has gotten us this far, number one. And then you know the players keeping their focus. And and I, I think you know we can't get too happy about how they played without the fans because you know in the future. It's not gonna be like that, right? Like all of this stuff is gonna go away, and the fans are gonna be back in the in the in the in the stadium. So, like the idea that they were more focused because there were no fans in the in the Pogba Prince, it's like, all right, you can you can you can champion that, but so much because that's not realistically what it's gonna be the, the next time they play. So, you know. But with that being said, I think uh, overall, man, it was it was a um, it was a. Uh, um, a focused match from from the team. I think everyone. I, I don't. I don't. I can't really point out anybody who had a subpar match. Uh, Navas really didn't have to do much, as you pointed out. Kipembe and was solid. Marquinhos was solid. Really, you know, it was it was fun actually to hear them barking out orders and listening to 
uh, to the, the the coaches on the sideline screaming orders. I think that's that's a fascinating for us who kind of like love football in that way, and we want to hear those intricate moments. Uh, as far as players that stood out for me, I think it was Ghana Gay. Uh, I think he was the difference in the match that allowed everybody else to play their game. Um, you know, we look at the deficiencies that we had on, on, on defense in the first match. It was like there was never a time where Dortmund had to get through our midfield. It was simply one pass. And then they're, <laughs> they're already on our side of the ball. And Thiago Silva is one-on-one with Haaland. And, you know, I think this match, there was more solidity in the midfield with Ghana and Paredes where they kind of kept things in front of them and, and kind of marshaled that, that that second line of defense where it allowed Kimpembe to be as, you know, a, a risk taker as he is in the defense, allowed him to, to, to take those shots on Holland. It allowed Marquinhos to, to, to step up and, and, and push somebody in the back and just let them know that you're there physically. And I think Ghana and Paredes, Ghana particularly, did a good job with that. And obviously Neymar carried the team offensively, um, you know, just with his play, not even with the header. Like that was that was a that was a smart goal, but I think just his play throughout the match was kind of just keeping keeping uh, Dortmund's defense, you know, keeping them honest. And they they are they are who we thought they were. You know, uh, we eventually saw the the Dortmund defense that we've been seeing. Uh, for the last two months or whatever. So uh, overall, I was impressed uh, with the with the result. Um, and they, look, they needed it. It was win or go home. <laughs> like, could you imagine if we would lost that match? It would have been so <laughs> so bad. And then and then not being able to watch football again for the foreseeable future, that would have been a bad. Yeah, game. and then that's all we had to talk about. <laughs> that's it. That have been it, man. So yeah. Now, uh, what do you think about? Um, you know, after the match, everybody did the the namaste sort of meditation celebration. You know, everybody took it as they're mocking Erling yeah. Haaland, but uh, I didn't see it that way. What? What? How did you see it? I uh, I was having um, a Twitter, uh, I guess, conversation with a fellow PSG talk contributor, uh, James uh, Carter, I believe, and. He was, he was, he was, I think he was having more fun with that uh, on Twitter at, than I was because, I mean, we mm-hmm. kind of saw uh, P, uh, the, the Borussia Dortmund Twitter account, the official, you know, club Twitter account, uh, having beef with like, or, or starting petty, con- or yeah, I guess petty beef with uh, uh, DJ Snake. You saw the, the dumb quote saying, we, we produce, you know, we, we make superstars, we don't buy them or whatever was that. That yeah, quote. which is uh, Yeah, and, and then uh, you saw um, uh, what's his name? I think Axel Witzel. Axel or, or Witzel, it, yeah. Yeah, he's the one with the post uh, saying how many uh, goals Holland scored. So it's like they that whole part of Borussia Dortmund was talking so much. Everybody was riding um, Holland being 19, scoring two goals against PSG, and you know it. This is why you don't talk until the whole two legs are over because you're left where, especially with PSG, they they held. I guess they, they took notes on everything that that the Dortmund players were saying. They, they and and I think it was um, Paredes because I kind of wrote this on a piece that I did. Him being pretty much PSG's new bodyguard, uh, and you can see it when when it wasn't in that eighty, like that eighty seventh, eighty eight towards the end of the game where. 
Emery Chan gets uh, the red card for pretty much roughing up uh, Neymar. Uh, one of the first guys, you see Marquinhos go in there, but one of the first guys that bull rushes, like comes out of left field is, is Paredes. And he was the one that said, you know, I think uh, he, he said, everybody remember what, they're, you know, I'm pretty much paraphrasing here, but, but I have the quote in my article, but he's pretty much saying, just take mental notes of what, what they're all saying, because this isn't over. And we got to use that as, you know, use that as bulletin board material to, to, you know, try to have the last laugh. And so when PSG finally had the last laugh, I just, I just, I was laughing because football Twitter is never the, the moral police. They, they're, they'll banter on everybody. And now that, uh, that, you know, Halan was pretty much pocketed by, by Kempembe and, wasn't anywhere near, you know, the dominant force that he, will ha- that he was in the second leg, which is, uh, granted, the first leg is, is, is important, but that second leg just has more meaning to it, I, I guess you can say, because you, you, the first leg, it's not over until the second leg is over. So, um, yeah, I just felt, I just, I just laughed that all of a sudden, you know, he's a 19-year-old kid, Rather, you know, after the first leg, he's he's a 19-year-old man. You know, he's, he, you know, look at this guy. He's, you know, pretty much picking PSG apart. But, you know, after after they mocked him, it's like, dude, come on, it's it's banter. They're not freaking, you know. They're and then like as James pointing out, you know, football Twitter will go after Neymar's sister, uh, his family. But you know, all of a sudden, a 19-year-old is off limits. Like. Some, yeah. you know, Neymar's family isn't, you know, in the public either. Like, they're not, you know, they're they're not soccer players, not whatever. But, you know, I don't know. I, I just I just kind of laughed at football Twitter. It tried to be the, the moral police that this is a 19-year-old kid. Why are you, you know, it, it's just, it, it just looks, it's just uh, the hypocrisy kind of just made me laugh. Yeah, it was very contradictory. It was, it was... It was ridiculous, actually, you know, and I'm and I'm I'm going back to that one video uh, of those 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 I think it was like four guys and four English dudes talking about oh, yeah, how on Joe, PSG were. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, those, yeah I, I, I don't know which one you're talking about. Yeah, those clowns. It was like, all right, this is so, so for me, that's what it was more so about. People already have a perceived narrative on PSG and those guys literally said everything they went from from Qatar from Neymar's sister like they laid it all out there like this is how people really feel so it wasn't necessarily about Holland it was just like oh look at PSG who do they think they are you know it's it's you know now it, all it is is the table turned <laughs> yeah and people PSG, can't they, fathom they, the fact they that don't, PSG they don't, yeah are like last year yeah, last year they were all, you know, laughing at PSG expense for losing to Manchester United C team or whatever. And now that PSG got the last laugh, they 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 don't like that. So it feels like it's it's not that this this it's this team got the last or it's not that any team got the last laugh. It's that PSG is getting the last laugh. PSG exactly, and 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 that's what it all boils down to, man. Because like you just laid out, man. You know the banter. All it is is banter. When Dortmund posted those memes and, and did all that stuff, like, that's banter. Like, it's all in good fun. Like, I didn't take any of that personal, but the players did because, you know, they have to kind of take things personal because they are the ones who performed on the pitch. But at the end of the day, it's banter. 
it, it's not really about Haland. Them mocking, them doing the, the, the celebration of the meditation, it's not necessarily about Haland. It's like Haland plays for Dortmund, so he's catching these bullets too. Like, if you're in that house, everybody gets it. So, you know, it, it's not necessarily about the celebration. It's about the, the, the ideology of banter. It's like, yo, this is what your 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 team's admin account was tweeting all the all month long. So all right, now we got the win. Now my stay. It's 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 all fair and game, yeah. bro. It's not that deep. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was a little overblown. But like I said, it, it comes back to people don't really like PSG like that. So, but I didn't I didn't like the even there were like journalists that I respect with like this is tasteless and classless from PSG. Like bro, what are you talking about? Like these people, like you said, they shit on Neymar and and him, you know, apparently doing stuff with his sister, which is ridiculous. Which is is bad, disrespectful. Like when you really think yeah. about those Neymar and his some, Swift, like that's disrespectful. Yeah, you don't go after you don't go after someone's family. Like that's nah, that's, that's yeah, limit. that's yeah. Like I don't know. I guess this is us in North America. Like they they have you know limits here. Like you don't you rarely see journalists here you know like it's always the running joke if Neymar's right. injured around you know February where it's like oh he's getting ready to go you know to his sister's party or, or whatever so it's like you know journalists like I don't see them calling out their fellow journalists saying you know why, why are you mentioning an athlete's you know unless it's relevant to a story uh, I've never seen like any like this isn't relevant to his injury like you know, you see the goal account use this every so often, the Bleacher Report. It's like, yeah, you guys are outraged at this, but, you know, the Neymar's sister has nothing to do with the story, and I don't see any of these journalists calling these publications out or these media companies out. So it's like, you two, like, there's a, there's a double standard, there's a hypocrisy there. So it's just, come on, like, I don't know. I, I think it's just... Maybe journalism in Europe is different than the one we, the way we view it here. But come on, it's just, it's just, it was, it was ridiculous to to see some people say that. Yeah, and 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 I respect Halan. I think he's gonna be a beast. Like I, yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna be try to 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 be biased. Like he's gonna be legitimate, you know, one of those legit players because he not only has the physicality and the size, he has the speed to go with it. Which makes him like a hybrid Zlatan type of player, where yeah. it's like, yo, he can, he can be a problem, but it's not his time yet, and he's he he'll be okay. He's not and, worried about. He'll be okay. No, no, I, like I why y'all defending like, him? Yeah, no, but I also wanted to add, like, if you're a 19 year old, you know, and doing poses like that for like, that that that's your like your key celebration, I guess you can want to say it. Uh, yeah. It's gonna be mocked. Like uh, I think it's a like, cool I, celebration, personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen it before, but it, it, it's a, it's, it's gonna be mocked, like, right? Especially right. if you, if you're, like, I don't understand, I don't, like, I don't know what's going on on the on the pitch. It's it's much more, uh, you know, the players will probably know if he's talking or whatever. Uh, but if you're talking and you're celebrating like that, just best believe that it's gonna be mocked uh, when the the opponent scores just you know, over a two like, uh, you know, matchup. So just, I mean. If he was talking and the PSG players were taking mental notes, then, yeah, it's going to be mocked. So if you're a young kid, I mean, we've seen this in the NBA. We've seen this in various sports when young players get a little cocky. Uh, yeah. We saw Johnny Manziel. There you go. 
um, at the top of my yeah. head. If he's if he was you know he did the money sign after every touchdown, and first thing, guess what? Uh, I guess the other teams were getting annoyed, especially in college football too. Uh, they started doing the money sign to him, and and there you go. So if, if you're you're a hockey player and you have like a signature celebration, it's gonna be it's gonna be mocked. So you know, so it, it uh, it's nothing new that I haven't seen, but I guess. I don't know. Again, maybe this is a, we're just a different culture than, than Europe is, but but yeah, it, it, it's uh it, it's nothing new. No, I I totally agree, man. I totally agree. So to the next topic, I wanted to talk about um just kind of how you know after the match and you know coming off of a high like that, and then learning that football is, is, is done for the foreseeable future and just how, you know, how PSG players and how all footballers are handling having to kind of self-isolate and quarantine and, and not play football. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you think they're, they're, they're doing? Like, are you, you think they're, cause they're all posting on, on social media. They're doing the stay at home challenge where they're, mm-hmm. They're they're balancing the, the the toilet paper and all that. Yeah, but that most yeah. of them are miserable. Like I know they are. Like I yeah, I saw a, I, mean, I saw a, a a video with Romelu Lukaku. He was talking with Ian Wright. He was like, "Bro, like I'm so bored. Like I'm playing <laughs> I'm playing Call of Duty every day, and it's like yeah. it's it's miserable. So it's like you know they're posting that they're you know it's all you know taking all these precautions. But yeah, they they. They're just like everybody else, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you saw, you, I don't know if you saw the the, the post uh, that Di Maria had him in. It's what, which is pretty much a, a PSA for social distancing. They were talking to each other, but through like Instagram it was stories. It was clever. <laughs> yeah. It was like very funny. That's that's a PSA. If uh, the the Central for Disease Control or any like uh, you know organization like that wants to hire them for, like to be like a you know do a PSA where. Um, you know, they're trying to, I guess, uh, put a, an ad for practicing social distancing. Social that's, distancing. That's, yeah. that's it. That's right there. Do you know, uh, do you know what they were saying? Yeah, pretty much. Di Maria said he was going crazy. Um, <laughs> See? Sure the guy, guy has a family. Like that's, yeah. I mean, how much can you take being around your, I mean, you love your kids, but like there has to be, yeah. you know, pretty sure you you know, he enjoys some time away from his kids, uh, yeah. and his wife, but yeah, he, him and Paredes, um, you know, he Paredes responded um, shouting out, you know, towards an empty, empty street there in Paris that he too, like he's bored too. And then they, <laughs> then you see De Maria just take it to another clever level, offering the the uh, Paredes the the, the mate uh, drink that that's very popular in South America. And then you know he, he's he's conversating, saying that he's you know that you can't take it anymore, that he just can't take it being quarantined um, or self-imposed quarantine, but. Um, that he understands that you know it's it's important um, you know the situation is very you know it's it's a it's a grave situation and Paredes understands too that hopefully everybody stays inside that way you know I'm just paraphrasing this and adding on but you know the the, the health officials and everybody involved there can try to contain the virus and you know the the you know the, these uh, self-imposed or these quarantines can be you know all this can start lifting. Uh, so yeah, but but yeah, it, it, he understands the the situation, but it still doesn't stop him from either being bored or going crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think the guys are. I think it was he said. I think he posted it was day seven of, of quarantine. So he's the PSG players have been quarantined for for a week now, and um, yeah, I mean, 
so much you can do with your kids and your wife for seven days before going crazy. Especially in the middle of the season too. It's not yeah. like they're on they're on vacation. It's the yeah. middle of this like they literally just played a big match and then boom, you gotta shut it down. But it looks like they're all staying in shape from I follow all the players and they've yeah. all posted that, Yeah, some know, of them have home gyms, some right, right, right. Are, are like have a like they're in their garage just doing uh, simple trying trying to stay in shape, but uh, eventually that can get tiring too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, like I said, I was I was watching that interview with Romelu Lukaku and Ian Wright. He was te- he was saying that all of Inter Milan's players they live in the same building, which is weird. They live yeah. in the same like complex or whatever in in the middle of uh, of Milan, and um, and all of the players uh, like one of the one of the guys from the team brings them like their food because they're all on a strict diet. Yeah. So like at 12 o'clock and eight o'clock, somebody brings them their food. So I can imagine how that's just like, Oh man, like you can't really, you are, you're on a diet during a quarantine. It's like, Oh man. So, and they, cause they got to stay in shape because they yeah. don't know when they'll be playing again. So you can't, yeah. you can't, can't really, you know, just, just start doing what you want to do. Uh, but, uh I saw that Thiago Silva and um, Neymar went back to Brazil earlier this week. Um, it says that Thiago Silva's wife came out and said she was like, I guess her reasoning was that she was pissed off about she couldn't get groceries, which yeah. seems a little, you know, trivial considering everything that's going on. But uh, that was her reasoning. I don't really, I didn't really get a sense of why Neymar went back. I'm assuming just to be closer to family. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. And it hasn't you hit know Brazil anything else that about hard. that? I, I think I don't know. This is my speculation. It hasn't hit uh, South America that hard yet. I mean, I know there's some reported yeah. cases, uh, but it's yeah. only a matter of time before it starts. You know, it starts hitting over there because uh, obviously, like here in the U.S., we were like weeks, if not a month or so, off of what was going on, like in Italy or Spain or China. So now, you know, now now fast forward some weeks later, now we're starting to hit, see that that first wave of, of what China felt and what uh, Italy felt. So I'm guessing um, it's not hitting them so hard over there in Brazil, but, but I'm pretty sure it, it will soon uh, once it, once eventually it makes its way down to, uh, down to South America. That's just my, my speculation. It's not like I didn't read any of that. That's just my, my, uh, I guess not educated opinion. It's just my opinion. Yeah, she said that um just Chago Silva's wife, she said that she planned she didn't plan to store things. She said she couldn't find anything in the market. <laughs> so it, it's kind of the problem that, you know, has been happening. We're here. having here too. <laughs> yeah, it was like people are hoarding food. It's like, yo, this isn't like a like a, a like a tropical storm or anything. It's yeah, like a this pirate. isn't like if yeah, that's what everybody's <laughs> echoing here. Like they're we're gonna restock the shelves right. you don't have right. to hoard uh, this isn't a war like we're not like this isn't world war three this is this is a virus <laughs> like you can still go outside to get food like that's that's an essential part of, of life so that right. will be open and just i don't know people this is why i think 
I always laugh when, when I, again, go back to getting back to the coronavirus talk, but I laugh when you see uh, players, like government officials, whatever, uh, say, we're in this together when you see people hoarding and fighting over <laughs> canned food, toilet paper, water. We're not in this water. together. Yeah, we're not. Like, not, you look around social media and the videos that are, that are circulating, yeah, we're not in this together. Everybody's, you know. <laughs> I'm out to 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 vent or to protect my own, and that's it. That's exactly that's the whole idea of someone hoarding stuff is that they don't want to see that they're gonna be able to get this anymore. So it's like me 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 me. Let me get this. Even even uh, I saw that in in California, people are like lined up um, uh, at the gun store. Which for me, the first thing I think is, all right, these people think we're gonna run out of food or we're gonna run out of something essential, and people are gonna start trying to rob them so they need to protect themselves it's like what what are we doing here you know but i guess that was enough for that was enough incentive for Thiago Silva's wife to be like nah we're going back to brazil and you know apparently back in brazil there you know the groceries are still stocked up and all that stuff so that's that's interesting um how do you think um some leagues handled the whole, you know, because like I said, the NBA was kind of one of the first leagues to kind of suspend everything, and then the trickle-down effect kind of happened. We saw it, and some leagues dragged their feet. I, I watched, uh, I saw you were tweeting about Liga MX. Um, yeah. They were playing still. Like, why do you think some teams or some leagues took so long to, to shut things down where it was transparent that we can't have sporting events at the moment? I... Again, same reason I'm, I'm thinking why Thiago Silva, uh, you know, his family went back to Brazil. It's like it hadn't hit them that hard yet as as it did Not in Europe. And yeah. my guess, like it, it is th- like here too. Like they were, um, I think it was at the Warriors. They were they were thinking about or planning to to have you know games behind closed doors. So it it was still you know here they were still thinking about having that type of stuff. But until, you know, Rudy Gobert became patient zero or Donovan Mitchell, whoever, uh, you know, whoever gave who the, 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 the virus first, uh, pretty much canceled all that, um, you know, part of having games uh, behind closed doors. So uh, I don't feel like I think people are saying that the NBA is being uh, reactive. But when the matter is that it finally it took a person, you know, it took a player finally getting, you know, tested positive for the virus for them to say, hey, OK, you know what? Actually, we can't be having games, and, and we got to shut the league down. Uh, but yeah, kudos to that. But uh, I, I think you know these are businesses are thinking you know with you know with the money with the dollar. Like all sports, were thinking with the money. Um, it wasn't until players started finally testing positive for the virus that um, things started to get shut down. And some places were hit first, some places were hit later. So it, it, I think it was just a trickle-down effect that, that eventually all sports were eventually going to be shut down. I mean, the Turkish league finally shut, shut down uh, yesterday, and, you know, that, that's, a, that's a league that's in Europe. So, uh, right. but, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a trickle-down effect. And, and I think it, it, once, once the league started realizing that more players were coming out positive for the virus, they knew that they just can't play any more games. Like they just can't run that risk. Yeah, and um, and just on that on that point with the Turkish league, it's that's that's what I wanted to observe. That's just one of the things I was like, let me let me watch and see who's who's greedy, who's the most greediest. You know, like all of this is about money at the end of the day when they when they're talking about 
you know, when they're when they're considering not not shutting down the league. It's um, a Nigerian player, Jean Michel Obermichael, I think is his name. He plays he plays uh, in Turkey, and he he told him like, yo, we know we're not supposed to be playing. Every other soccer, you know, top league, top five leagues, and just in Europe, period, is not playing right now, but we're still playing. And then like a week later, like he had a dispute where they terminated his contract or they mutually agreed to terminate his contract. And then a week later, someone in the Turkish league confirmed positive for the coronavirus and then they shut <laughs> the league. So it was, it's one of those things. It's like, like what, what, what really, you know, how, how why are you being this naive? Yeah. Uh, the Grand Prix, uh, the, the, the F1 motor series, they yeah. were going to, they were gonna go go on with their plans until somebody got the coronavirus and then they shut it down. So it's like And the Olympics are still trying to like have the Olympics except behind closed yeah. doors. And it's just like dude, it's it's, it's the Olympics. Like, yeah. And it's it's the thing yeah. with sports, man, it's it's um athletes are probably the people who are carrying they're 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 the biggest carriers. Yeah. Potentially because of they're a coming, virus. Yeah, they're 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 coming in and out of airports. They're touching Constantly, people, like, yeah. handshaking, signing, kissing babies, all of that. So yeah. they're, you know, they're they're more susceptible to to catching it and transferring it to someone else. So, you know, it's like nobody's thinking about this. So it's yeah. like, well, that, yeah, the the obvious thing yeah. to to do is to shut that down. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the people who are in and out of airports uh, are yeah. probably like high. Like aside from like, um, you know, like. Uh, Aside from like you know the whoever's uh, you know this is a deadly disease for, but you know athletes and people who are or in and out of airports are like I, I, I like uh, this is why I'm not kind of surprised that athletes are you know dropping like flies when in terms of, of testing positive for the virus because they're they're in and out of airports they're in and out of hotels they're in and out of buses they're in and out of arenas of stadiums uh, and, and they're they're just coming in contact with thousands. Of people on an everyday basis, or on, at least on a weekly basis. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, with all that being said, when do you expect that we'll see PSG football? Any football? When do you expect we'll see uh, some action, or if we will, anytime soon? I was kind of thinking maybe late May. That was, kind of, that was like my positive side or like my optimistic side, but the, the like when I listen to more and more health officials and they say, you know what, this is this is this is a huge problem. Like I was listening to the to the Dan Levitard show yesterday and they had um I think Grant Wall's wife who's a doctor. I'm not sure which uh, organization she's working for, but she said that she had she was they or you know doc you know people in her field were more or or she was more prepared. Uh, going into West Africa to uh, to you know help fight Ebola, um, than than she is here in the U.S. Uh, trying to fight coronavirus. So that kind of kind of struck me and made me realize that you know what, uh, this can go longer than than what many people are hoping for. Or whether it's a month or maybe two months, I think it could probably bleed into the summer before we maybe people or maybe they start containing this this virus here in, in, in parts of the u.s yeah well i mean it, it, it's just strange with with hearing um you, you even the premier leagues the league and they're still having discussions about you know 
starting it earlier than they should. And, you know, I understand from the revenue standpoint, I think Ed put out a piece today talking about how much um, League and how much money they would lose for the TV, you know, the TV dollars without any football if they canceled the rest of the season, essentially. So I understand. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, John. Do you think they should scrap the season or do you think they should, if there's any chance over the summertime, they can make up all those games? Uh, Because I know it is important for like, PSG is not going to, like, this isn't going to affect PSG long-term. Like, PSG will get the money back that they lost uh, during, during this time, but, like, smaller clubs, uh, right. the or gate the revenue, the gate, yeah, the gate revenue is is their top dollar because, you know, Juventus, Bayern Munich, those big clubs, the most most of the Premier League, they, they get money from, from, you know, their TV dollars, whatever, um, but you know they have fans all around the world, so they'll they'll make some of that money up. But the smaller clubs that depend on on you know gate revenue, that's who's pretty much going to affect the most because um, they don't have you know that that global marketing brand that some of these other clubs have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it's there's no right answer. Like like I personally. I wish all this goes away and they they play as soon as possible, but it's they have to listen to the to the experts, the scientists, mm-hmm. the, the, the the health professionals, and you know those are those are the people that they need to take heed of in terms of advice. And you know if because the Euros are not going to happen this summer, right? So they're moving that to next year. And then I read something stupid today where they're saying they're going to play the Euros in July oh, yeah. 2021 and they're going to call it the call Euro, it Euro 2020. 2020. Yeah. Makes absolutely no sense, but whatever. So given that there's that void there, you know, my first thing was like, well, they can finish the season during the summer. But if they're not playing the Euro in the summer, why would they play the domestic matches in the summer? So it's like there's no, you know, the, 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 the smart thing will until they get this under control you know uh you know europe asia in, in china and asia it looks like they're they're getting it under control in europe not so much so <laughs> they're still in the thick and in, in, in the peak of it so like it, it's not realistic for them to to, to try to come back and, and and play play any uh any matches and you know i don't know you know what what, what seems to be happening uh, away from football, people and, 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 and uh, organizations are starting relief funds and stuff like that. I don't know if FIFA and UEFA have that type of infrastructure or something of that nature where it's like they have a bailout plan for, for smaller clubs who aren't going to be who are going to lose out more than the top five teams. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know if they have that that in place, but realistically, it's not it's not a good idea to have thousands of people in one place uh, to, to watch matches, even for the players themselves. Like every day we're hearing more athletes. Blaze McTweedy was confirmed a few days mm-hmm. ago. So it's like, yeah. it's not even just about the fans anymore. It's about the players themselves are, are a risk to one another. So, you know, the, 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 the smart thing will be just to hold off and let's be patient. Like we, we're not going to have football for a while. Like, just let's deal with it. There's a lot of more important stuff that we're not going to have for a while. Let's let's take it one day at a time. But I understand there these people are dealing with millions and millions of dollars. So that's where they're thinking. But, yeah, it, it, it's really hard to gauge, man. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I think there, there has to be, I think these leagues have to have like a set deadline to say, okay, if we're not playing um, these games by this time, uh, it, it kind of, like, I, I would like to think maybe June 1st, just because that's when the transfer window sets open. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, because, uh, you know, it, there's just a trickle-down effect of what's going to happen if the seasons are delayed. And I think if it gets to June or close to June, some leagues are going to have to start talking about maybe either, you know, ending the season right there and, and awarding a champion there uh, or just scrapping it and say, you know what, 1920 seasons, all gone. Like, it's just wolves. I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the, the tweets from Get French Football uh, between uh, what is it the the president of, of Lyon uh, and uh, I'm not sure who which representative Marseille uh, because uh, Lyon is like in seventh place but um, I always yeah, forget his name John, John I think it's John Mickey uh, John John Michael Olas Olas yeah, yeah. He, he was saying yeah end the season there and we'll we'll just go off the 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 standings from the year before and you know like bro no <laughs> no 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 champions league football no no fam and, like it don't yeah. work like that yeah, <laughs> because if if, if he was if he wasn't in that position he wouldn't be saying that that's that's yeah. the that's the wild part about it. It's like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had, I'm not sure who it was for Marseille. Marseille, you know, Marseille is, I think, in second place. So if yeah. the season were to end right now, that, you know, and if either they were to scrap it, then they wouldn't get Champions League football. Or if they were to just end it here and award, you know, go based off these standings right here, that, you know, they would qualify for the Champions League. And it's, it's been a while since Marseille's been in the Champions League. And, and obviously they would like to have that Champions League money. Uh, but, but yeah, it's just, um, at some point, there has to be like a deadline. So you know what, uh, business-wise, you know, players want to move on. Players, you know, some of them are free are, are pretty much free. I mean, we have a couple in Cavani and, and Silva whose contracts are up at, after June first, or, or or I'm not sure what date. I think it's June first or June thirty-first. Uh, but yeah, at some point, there has to be like a deadline and say, you know what, um, yeah, we gotta just scrap the season or, or end it here. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure those discussions are happening. Because um, that's something I didn't even think of. Like, how are they going to determine those the players who are going to be, you know, without a contract come come the summer? So, it's this is this is this is something that they have to consider. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the money, man. That's that's that, that's what that's what uh, uh, all us is 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 disgusting. That's that's his plight. <laughs> he yeah. don't want to lose out on that Champions League money. But um, but it's it, it's funny because it's like yo, you're you're only saying that because you're in this position. But like in the Premier League, yes, Liverpool are gonna win the Premier League. But the the three teams that are 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 in the relegation zone, those last oh, yeah, matches, yeah, that's another two. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. Those last matches can dictate where they fall if they go back down to to the championship or if they stay in the premier league. So you can't, yeah, they just want that, that they want that NBC money <laughs> and, exactly. and Sky exactly. Sports or whatever has the rights in the UK, but yeah, they want, you know, they, the, that's one of, I think that's the golden nugget for a lot of teams in the championship to, to try to, you know, get promotion into the premier league because the premier league's, you know, TV dollars are, woof, they're, they're, they're crazy. They're crazy. So oh, they're yeah. Yeah, they're meant. So no, that's that's a that's a that's a thing to to keep our eye on, man. I think it's gonna be. I just uh, I just wanted. It's gonna be a lot of that. 
I just want to add one more thing. It just would be funny if the season starts again, like in July or August, and you have players whose contracts ended in, you know, June 31st, or they allow players like that to leave, and and they bring in players who weren't a part of the team in 1920, and they have the those players play out the 1920 games for for you know the the, the respective uh, clubs in that season. I don't know. It's just uh, I, I'm interested to see how this all like. Uh, develops yeah for sure now in terms of in terms of the champions league uh i was listening to the podcast with uh the espn's jonathan johnson he was on with ed uh talking about you know if the champions league did return uh they would change up the the legs it wouldn't be two legs and it would only be one leg yeah uh, one single game elimination and then i heard yeah. too, like they, they're considering maybe have like a uh, uh, they're having it all like in one uh, area or like a, a neighboring areas of countries or whatever, but like one uh, specific location. But um, yeah, that's just an idea that they're tossing around. Yeah, I think that's wishful thinking. Uh, to be quite honest, like it's yes, it it would probably. I, you know, I I I I can't say if it would be beneficial to PSG because. If we go, if we if we look at how we played in the first leg against Dortmund, maybe we need that second leg to get our shit together. So like, I don't know if that would be a good idea or or, or a good scenario for PSG. But I think all of it is just wishful thinking because we nobody knows when this is gonna um, when we'll be back playing anyway. So it's like that yeah. that's, that might not even matter. Uh, so on to our last topic here. Uh, it was reported that PSG are getting a um, an Amazon Prime documentary. Uh, the first one that I saw was with Manchester City uh, that year that they won. Um, I believe it was their second, might have been their first or second um, Premier League title under Pep Guardiola. I thought it was fascinating to see how Pep talk to the teams and just the, the the how the players interacted after matches those those raw emotions of losing a match of winning a match and then just everything that goes in between building a a, a big club uh, so to put that in perspective of PSG and all of the personalities in that locker room the Neymar stuff the, the Mbappe the the, the different languages that are spoken stuff. Yeah, everything. How do you like? What are you looking forward to to see in this documentary? I think that's it. It's just how some of these players. I like. I know football is like one language, but I'm always wondering like how how do people like who who you know a club who has or a squad that has players that's that either can speak multiple languages or or are more comfortable speaking one language all communicate in terms of like you know, just, just normal everyday stuff. Like, it doesn't have, like, I, I, yeah, like, you, when you're playing out on the pitch, you know what the other player is saying. Like, they can point or, or the, you know, it doesn't matter the language you're speaking. You can pretty much understand, like, football. Like I said, it's, it's one language. But it's just, you know, how, how um, do these players, you know, interact, with, like, in normal everyday life, uh, knowing that there's a little bit sometimes language barriers. Like, I know I don't, I'm not sure... Killian Mbappe, like I seen Mbappe improve his English. I'm not sure if he speaks Spanish, so I, I'm just wondering, like, he, how he talks to like the Spaniards, the the players from South America, uh, yeah, and just stuff like that. Like, I'm I'm just interested. Like for me, it's always just about like 
the little things and and like when when I watch like uh, training camp uh, the, the the documentary on or you know the doc yeah the documentary on HBO when they follow a specific NFL team uh, during training yeah. camp and preseason like I always like enjoying just the the off the off the field stuff like yeah the the on the field always catches my attention but sometimes like we forget that athletes are are normal everyday people. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's for me in terms of like what you were saying with the with the language, uh, and we almost went the whole podcast without talking about that iconic moment where after they won the match and they went out and celebrated with the ultras. That was that was dope, yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. Like just seeing just that just the imagery and all of that was very fascinating. But like during those clips, like they were all saying vamos, vamos, just like. Neymar is saying vamos. The French guys are saying Kylian Mbappe is saying vamos, <laughs> and it's like I feel like Spanish might be the 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 oh like the general language that they all understand. Or yeah, I, I, just gotta, I need to do like a, a not like a little tweet post and say like I gotta yeah, look at the entire squad and see how no I gotta look at the entire squad and see like what languages can what players speak. And yeah. I'm pretty sure the majority is probably going to yeah, it's probably going to be Spanish when you include all the South American players and and the Spaniards. I think the major and the, I guess if you want to include um, Navas, the Central American player, uh, but I think the 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 most like common language when when you look at like the percentage is probably going to be Spanish. Yeah, yeah, not for real because that, that yeah, the like you just said, the most uh, most of the players are South American, Central American. Um, and obviously I believe when Tuchel coaches, he's, he's speaking English and French from what yeah. I hear from different clips. Uh, but, but overall, man, it's just, I think the Amazon, they're coming to PSG to follow the drama, right? Like yeah. that's what they're coming for. They're coming like, oh man, it's, it's a hell of storyline, spicy storylines here and there, here and there. Yeah. But I think uh, what I'm looking forward to, like you said, is kind of the the, the personable stuff um, to show how they are amongst one another when they're not on the pitch. And and, 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 the and I'm interested too like in seeing like what player stands out. Like you always see those like one-on-one interviews, like like I said in the HBO uh, training camps here, or documentaries that they do every year. You always see. I, I think I remember one with the Jets, and they they ended up like falling. Like, I think it was Darrell Revis. Like, yeah, he didn't want to sign his contract. Yeah, and they yeah. were following him throughout, like, just that whole contract negotiation, and and yeah, it's just stuff like that. And I think I know they always highlight like a play, one player that's like holding for dear life, trying to make this team, and yeah, and, yeah it's just, and then they'll follow like one superstar, a couple superstar players, um, you know, just follow their everyday lives, see, get you know, get pull the curtain behind them and see what they're all about. So. I always like those rather than what, like, the, I mean, there's so much you, you can, you know, talk about, like, uh, recording all the games or whatever. But I just I just like that, like I said, the behind the curtains because that's where you kind of start to see that, yeah, they're, they're athletes, they're multimillionaires or what have you, but they're still people. And it's just interesting to see what, what they like doing in their normal everyday life. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And um, I believe Tottenham. Are one of the teams who are also I don't know what's so interesting about them. I guess they got the new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, know, I don't know. I don't know if this was done before. Well, but the, that's the thing. Jose. They were. It was announced that they were doing a documentary before Jose got there. So I think. Oh, I that, guess that's that, why they probably hired him. 
That's that, no, Arnold. you're right. You could be right. I think so. Like I, that makes it interesting for me. If it was just Pochettino and and Tottenham Hotspur, and eh, that don't really do it. But yeah, to see Jose in his element, now that's going to be a good one too. But obviously, the PSG one is set to be released next year, I believe, uh, um, or, or this year, or, or I guess they're filming this season for next year, and it's going to be a four-part documentary on yeah. Amazon Prime. Um, and then obviously we have the Neymar documentary that's coming out with Netflix. So there's a lot of, uh, we're going to get a lot of insight on, uh, PSG players in the locker room and all the personable stuff, man. So, yeah, man, I, I think that's pretty much all the topics we got for today, man. Uh, you know, we we're in the house these days, so we got time. <laughs> we might do another, you know, another show, you know, a little bit closer than we usually do, just given all the time we're going to have. Um, but, what is uh what what have you been doing to 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 keep your sanity man like when you're not uh, at work, stuff like that yeah um uh, especially now that i might not be at work for all depending on what they decide to do over the weekend but uh i'm pretty much uh i'm not even like i i, I put my, my my youtube tv on pause because i'm not even watching tv it's just uh the reason i have a youtube tv is pretty much for the sports or maybe a couple shows that i watch like uh uh, I, I'm watching, you know, the Better Call Saul new season. But other than that, like, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna pay for this. If, if there's no, not really a lot of sports. I put it on pause. So I'm, I'm just watching stuff on Netflix, Hulu. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty. Um, I, I'm watch. I'm catching up on all seasons of Better Call Saul. Um, rewatching the first two seasons of Mayans MC, which is just a, it's a spinoff of a. Uh, is that uh, good, Sons man? Of I like it. Is that good. I mean, Okay. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, Edward James almost, so he's in there. And uh, the white girl in the in the in the show kind of annoys me, uh, <laughs> just because the most of the the the, the main cast is like uh, Hispanic, so uh, she just stands out with that. <laughs> so, uh, nah, I love yeah, I love like, Sons of Anarchy, so I was yeah. I was interested. Yeah, in it, it, it starts it, it starts off a little slow. There's some cringe things but like the second season that it's now on hulu uh it's really yeah. good uh at least they're in and better call Saul. it's again it's a spin-off of um uh breaking bad so if uh, you haven't watched either of them definitely recommend those but yeah better call Saul is really good uh other than that i have also disney plus uh I wa- i've been re-watching the mandalorian the mandalorian's really good um and then they have all episodes of the simpsons hulu has all the episodes of king of the hill so um, if you don't want to you know get into a series there's like chunks of things that you can watch i'm also like a big uh fan of uh guy frieri so i'd be watching the diners drive-ins and dives uh yeah that's on on hulu yeah i i I just recommend if you're watching that eat something because then you're just gonna be making your so so if you're watching uh anything for guy frieri uh yeah definitely recommend to be eating while you're watching that because then if not then you're just gonna make yourself hungry uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm also, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm restarting, like I had to, um, update the files on my PS4, but I got that all updated and I have, uh, I've been, uh, uh, I guess getting reacquainted with my PS4. So, uh, oh. yeah, that's, that's all I've been doing. Um, other than that, uh, just, yeah, just, that's it. That's pretty much it. That's, that's all I've been doing since like last week. I, like, I, I only go off, I need to go get something to eat or at the grocery store and, or if I have to go to work, this is the only times I go out. So, um, and then usually I, if I'm already out because of work, I'll stop by the grocery store, grab something to eat, 
and then just come home and that's it. Like that's that's pretty much my game. Other than that, um, yeah, <laughs> spend it in spend it inside. Yeah, that's that's become our lives these days, man. Like I said, I'm I'm I work in the hospital, so like I'm I've been I've been at work more than I've been at the hospital this past week. Like um, it's just like I I, I would advise people to really take take you know the precautions that they're giving yeah. uh, a little bit more serious, man. It's like we can't have. I mean, I don't know if you saw those clips of people at spring break. Yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> that's yeah, not a that's, good look. That's, they, I don't know if that's... A, I mean, I've I seen like a lot of people are from the South, so that's not a good look on <laughs> people from the South. But yeah, that's, well, that's yeah, not they a were, good look. They were interviewing some of those people. I was watching CBS. There was a clip. They were interviewing those people, and they were like, "If dude, if I get the corona, I get the corona. Like, I paid a bunch of money for this trip, and, you know, they're justifying why they're out there. And I, I get it. Like, I get it. But, like, right now, you can't really yeah. think for yourself right now. Like, it's one of those yeah, times be- where you kind of... Yeah, and just because it doesn't affect you, like, I know, like, um, what was it? Uh, I think it was a Kevin Durant. He said that he wasn't showing symptoms that he had it. Right. But it, it's scary. like, oh, you can, you can have it and not show symptoms, and it cannot affect you at all. But there's people who have like uh, low immune systems, um, the elderly or, or, or small kids whose immune systems aren't very developed that it starts affecting that. Like it affects them. Like it, it, might, it may not affect you, but you can pass it on to one of them. And then for them, it, it becomes a life and death situation. Exactly. So, yeah, that's that, that's what I would say. Just be what smart. Are you doing, John? No, what are you doing to keep yourself safe like when you're not at work? Um, man, I am like I go. I have there's a soccer field by my house. Like I go out there and, and and kick the ball around a little bit just to get outside. And you know, I try to be out there when there's not that many people when the sun is about to set. So some people have went went home at the park. Uh, I'm at home. If I'm at home, I'm I'm doing my editing stuff for the other website I write for. I'm editing and we're creating content. Uh, and then I'm I'm playing Call of Duty and FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, there's a new there's a new feature on Call of Duty called Warzone where it allows you to like every man for themselves type thing. So it's like it's, it gets intense. In every day last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it's it, it's intense when you play with your friends. Uh, other than that, man, it's yeah, just trying to try to just not be bored. Like I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm used to social distancing. <laughs> I'm used to kind of being introverted, so it's not that big of a change for me because, like, I go or I go to work and then come home and do what I need to do. But uh, you know, we'll see. The longer this goes, <laughs> we'll see how we're we're handling it. But so far, so good, man. And I just hope you know everybody stays safe and and take all the precautions. Wash your hands. Take a shower, even if you're just in the house. Take a shower. You know what I mean? Even if you're not going nowhere, yeah. take a shower. Don't come to the emergency room if you're, you know, for for something that that's not emergent or, yeah, you know what I mean? Like take those that people are saying, yeah, don't they, exactly I mean, just because you you're experiencing like there's like some key symptoms that will will kind of let you know, hey, I might have it. But sometimes there's like, I I think I saw some some people are like, well, I think I have, it, but no, it's, they'll they'll point out that no, you just have the flu, like it's not. It's not the coronavirus. It, it, you just have the flu. So just, you know, monitor. They always say monitor your symptoms. Uh, obviously, the key, the two key ones are like, you know, if it's a if it's like a sore throat and the fever, 
So those are like the two. If you don't have like if you don't have those two combined, uh, then you might have something else. But you know, I think those I read those are the two main symptoms that 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 you need to have, and then maybe they'll think that you you might be you know infected with the virus. Right. Right. No, that's that's pretty much it, man. Um. Yeah, that's all we got for the for the show, man. Um. Thank y'all for listening. Uh. We appreciate y'all rocking with us during this downtime with sports it's so weird without any sports man i think that that part i'll never be able to kind of fathom that that we cannot watch sports but this is this is where we're at man uh again thank y'all for listening subscribe rate and review us follow us on twitter on instagram and everywhere else psg talk is listen to our other podcasts there's a ton of podcasts out there that jonathan johnson just did with ed the PSG Talk crew just did one. I know Mark and Ed did one. So a lot of a uh, lot of content out there. We're gonna try to continue giving you guys. And uh, again, thank y'all for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Peace.